0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless podcast. Or at least you better be. Hello friends, welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. Alright, buddies, today's guest we are proud to present is Mr. Joe Sib. Joe is, of course, the founder of Side One Dummy Records. He's the host of Complete Control Radio and the Stay Stoked podcast. I first discovered Joe in the late 90s as the lead singer of the bands 22 Jacks and my One of my all-time favorite SoCal bands, Wax. You may remember Wax from their video, California, featuring the man running down the street on fire. It was... featured prominently on Beavis and Butthead and 120 Minutes, and that's how I discovered the band. Joe Sib was in Denver this last Wednesday doing some warm-up shows on his way to the Fest in Gainesville, Florida. Um, His radio show, Complete Control Radio, plays on 93.3, but a one-night only show here in Denver, a town he rarely gets to visit, and uh, really rocked the socks off the place or so I heard. I had my own comedy show down the street. And what's cool about today's episode is I'm uh, somebody who is learning about comedy. Joe's been doing this for about five years we're both old punk rock dudes and we get to really compare compare and contrast and talk about notes uh we talk about you know his place in the record label at Side one dummy uh we talk about you know performing uh we talk uh, you know about our early punk rock days uh, it's a great chat i'm really happy to bring it to you um i've been following joe ever since i discovered you know california on 120 minutes his label has put out some of my favorite records from bands like flogging molly chuck reagan seven seconds pup Allison Weiss, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And the cool thing about hanging out with Joe is you tell him, hey, all the records you put out this year are fantastic. He'll be the first one to tell you. It's like, hey, man, I'm just the head of a mini layered beast. It's all the people that work in for him are picking out these labels and making fantastic um, fantastic choices. I met up with Joe right outside the 7-Eleven uh, at the Comedy Works loft where they put up their comedians that are playing Comedy Works. Uh, we grabbed a couple of copies at the 7-Eleven, and as we headed up the stairs, we chatted a little bit about a friend of mine who had recently passed away, my friend Chris Forsyth, a.k.a. Sizzle. He was a longtime sound guy at the Black Sheep in Colorado Springs. He passed away suddenly about two weeks ago from a heart arrhythmia. I believe I said that right, harthrymia. Um Basically, he uh, just kind of fell asleep and never woke up, and me and Joe talked about, you know, Joe told me about his real fear of death and how he has two kids that he'd be leaving behind in this that really scared him had these really good solid deep 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 moments long before we ever hit record uh we talked for about an hour and a half and we talked for about half an hour before i hit record and about half an hour after i hit record um we had a really good fun chat i don't want to use the word interview as uh you know we're, we're trying to move away from interviews and just more with chats buddies um that's the cool thing about this h1 uh zoom recorder i use it's very inotrusive it's very kind of like you just hit record, you put it on the table, and then you just sit there and you look at the person dead in the eye and just kind of forget the microphone's there. And uh, it's just two dudes getting to know each other, talking about our experience in punk rock, podcasting, and comedy. Uh, before we get into that chat, let me thank my sponsors. Ratio Beer Works, they're Denver's like, premier punk rock brewery. Uh, they're run by old punk rock guys. And if you're in Denver, stop by their tap room at 2920 Larimer Street. It's just a block north of the Larimer Lounge. It's about nine blocks away from the Summit Music Hall and the Marquee Theater. Um, Grab yourself maybe a Repeater IPA. Of course, it's named after the Bugazzi record. Or maybe a domestic Lager named after the Cursive record. They name all their uh, beers after bands and albums and things that meant a lot to them as musicians and punk rock fans. Uh, The beers are great. And then they also do a myriad of uh, events in their tap room. Uh, Perhaps you might come by and see one of the monthly comedy shows I co-host with comedian Ian Douglas Terry, who is the guy behind the Fest comedy shows as well. Um, They also do in-store, I guess in-store performances and weekly Friday firkin special beers. So check them out, ratiobeerworks.com, 2920 Larimer in Denver. And uh, le- before we get into this interview, uh, aka chat with Joe, let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to a little stand-up that Joe does. I know some people aren't as familiar with it. And uh, I, 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 I procured this audio recording from Joe's uh, Side One Dummy YouTube channel. This was recorded uh, sometime last year. It was put up in May of 2014. And I think it gives you a little insight into his comedy before we get into our nice little long chat there. So let's listen to the, some Joe Sib stand up friends and let's get into that uh, chat.
1: Now I'm a parent and I am the authority. <laughs> and that's hard. <laughs> Like, my daughter asked for a cell phone, right? She wants a cell phone, and I got her a cell phone. But I figured out at iTunes how I can get all of her texts without her seeing. And you know where I got that idea from? The government. (laughs) Because I'm an American. Oh, man, being a parent. What I love about being a parent is, is the fact that kids are honest. I got a little boy, and he is just honest says what he feels. And I think that we lose that as we grow older, right? Uh, Recently, someone asked my son, hey, is your family Italian? And he said, no, we're vegetarian. (laughs) Just just being honest. He wrote a poem, he wrote a poem for his mom and, and read it at school about why he loves his mom, right? And he got up there in front of everybody and he goes, I love my mom because She has the body of a wrestler (laughs) and smells like hot dogs. Thank you. (laughs) That was a great parenting moment for everyone in the room, except my (laughs) wife's. Kids are just honest. And they say and repeat everything you do. And I'll be honest with you guys right now, I am an F word junkie. Not proud of it. Not but I, I love a good meal and a couple of F-words afterwards. <laughs> right? And he just repeats everything. I was, I was in the car. I'm driving. He's in the back seat. And I'm a present father. I'm like the coach of his, of his baseball team. It's amazing. I love it. Recently, though, he told me, you're too strict with the kids. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, all the players don't like you. I'm like, what are you talking about? What do they say? He goes, you know what they call you? They call you Coach Shithead. <laughs> Everyone. I go. Who came up with that I did. Okay. You're not playing in the game. I'm driving in the car, and I got the phone. Right, the phone rings. I hit it on speaker, and I say, Hey, buddy, I got you on speaker. To my bro, right? I go, Yeah, I got you on speaker. Be cool. And he just launches into, I just recently got divorced, Joseph. I want to come down to your show. Hey, man, are there ever any cougars? At your show, I'm like, hey dude, guy on speaker, son's in the back. Hey dude, are there any cougars at your show? Dude, I'm going through this divorce. It's costing me a million bucks. I gotta get laid. Are there any cougars at your show? And I just said this. I go, yeah, you know what, dude? There are crazy cougars at all of my comedy shows. Boom, hung up. I didn't think about it
0: until I got home that night.
1: I work at night, I come home late, lights are on, bad sign. (laughs) Walked in the front door, kitchen table, wife sitting there, kitchen lights on, second bad sign. (laughs) And my wife just looked at me, she said, I hope you're happy. Now I've been married for 16 years, I'm gonna tell you exactly what I said to her because this has kept our marriage together. I said these words. I was wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, anyone that's thinking about getting married, you remember those words, I was wrong. That'll keep you guys together. I'll be in the dirt, you'll be like, remember when the font said, I oh, was wrong? Like, you know what I'm saying? a little bit of other news to keep a marriage together. The second thing is blowjobs. We'll get into that later. Not literally, just you know. Oh, man. So I said, what happened? And she said, well, your son's been up all night crying because he's convinced that crazy cougars Are gonna attack dad at his comedy show. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Anything you do and say. My worst fear is my son not, not, you know, getting into drugs or alcohol. I'm a present father. My worst fear is my son talking like me. Come on, I say the words bro, dude, awesome. That rules way too much for a guy my age. I got no shot at any other gig. I can't be a doctor. You don't want a doctor like me like, hey bro, got your test results. (laughs) This spot looks gnarly. But you know what, man? It looks like cancer, but check it out. Don't want to be a stoke extinguisher, but if we get on the chemo, you'll beat it and you'll make it to Coachella in April. Fist pump. a doctor
0: like that. <laughs> Man, what the, hell, what the hell? This is awesome.
1: It's nice, right? Yeah. So yeah, I watched the game last night. You got this little patio. I don't smoke, but if I did, I'd be stoked.
0: Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So when when you come to a place like this, you're like, holy shit. What a, like immediately, I'm like, how many awesome people have taken the crap in that bathroom? Oh, dude, every time I
1: sit <laughs> on the can, I think of that. Yeah. When I'm sitting there, when I'm sitting there on the can, we're laying in the bed. The only two things I've thought about is how many people have sat in this camp and how many comics have jacked right here. Like, oh, i in man. the bed, I'm like... And then I start thinking of some comics I know, and I'm like, oh, dude, I, don't know, I can't <laughs> think about that or I won't sleep. I
0: oh, yeah, we're hanging out What this kick-ass comedy works... Loft. Loft. Condo thing. Holy shit, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. I can't get over how awesome this is.
1: Yeah, I feel that, like, I won some... Remember that show, The Real World, on mm-hmm. MTV? I feel like I... Uh, had an audition, and they said, okay, so cool, you're going to live in a loft by yourself <laughs> in Denver, and it's going to be really boring. But no, it's, it's, this is such a, and as we talked about when we yeah. got in here, this is not a normal situation yeah. where you'd stay at on, on the road, but Comedy Works definitely does it right. I think that's why all the comics yeah. love coming here.
0: Had I, had I known how awesome this was, I'd been laid around in my house in my underwear all day. I would have come. And Came over earlier. And laid around in my underwear. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a cool vibe. Yeah. Cool, it's not too like Chuckle Works the kind yeah. of. No, I know it's pretty classy. And of course, this is good for podcasting, describing everything around you. There you go. Um, so, your awesome, awesome, awesome publicist, Jamie. I can't say enough She's great things about her. She's one of the best people I work with. You know, on a week-to-week interviewing bands and whatnot. Um, she always comes to me and is like, hey, I got this idea, you, you in for it. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, I do, I write some for New Noise. Yeah. I got to do the Andrew Jackson Jihad cover story on yeah. New Noise through Jamie. Okay. Like, we had that hanging at side one. The, I, the, I was the monkey behind the questions That's for so that. That's so great. And uh, J- it was all Jamie's ideas. And um, she came to me and she was like, hey, Joe's going to be in Denver. And uh, luckily, um, luckily for me, I can't make it to Fest this year. Otherwise, I, I'm yeah. supposed to be in Tampa right now. And uh, she was like, "Hey, do you want to interview Joe?" i like, "Oh, you're going to be hey, at pre- pre- you were going to be at Prefest." Yeah, yeah. I was going to go for the whole weekend, and yeah. then I I ended up going to Thailand earlier in the summer. How's the, that? It was amazing. Yeah, I've never it's done fantastic. that. Fucking um, fantastic! Wow. I went with uh, work. It was like an educational. Um, work trip to where you get to see, I work for Whole Foods and you get to see organics in action in Thailand and how it affects those people. And so it was like, hmm, either go to Fest or go to Thailand. And I'm like, Oh, I've been to Fest before. I've never yeah. been to Thailand. So. And I'm sure that Whole Foods yeah. paid for that for you to go, right? Uh,
1: most, of most of it. Most of it.
0: So, and then, but now I'm here hanging out with you. Yeah. And when I started the podcast, I, you know, I, I, I used to rip off Mark Marin a whole lot.
1: Love Mark Marin. We all rip him off. We all... His podcast, <laughs> just a moment for Mark Marin. Um, I got into his podcast through everyone telling me you're going to like it and I had the experience and I don't know if you had this that so many people told me that I'd like it that I purposely wouldn't listen to it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm weird <laughs> that way when someone tells me I'm really going to like something. someone to, People told me for years, oh my gosh, you, you, and, you and Greg Barrett. You know, comedian, you guys would be great friends. And you're like Greg Barron, and oh my gosh, you remind me of Greg Barron. And and just because of that, I'm like, nah, I don't, you know, you know what? Fuck Greg Barron. You're like, I'm like, I'm not going to like him. Became best friends with him, like, love him, the best guy. Mark Maron podcast, I'll tell you right now, I listen to that probably more than any other. Yeah, same. uh, I I would definitely podcast, and also just in my car. I find myself I find myself sitting in my cart when I get to where I want to be because I, I don't want to miss something and then I have to say to myself, you know whether it's it's an interview and they get to a certain question. So when you left SNL, what happened? I'm like, okay, now, when I get back in the car and living in LA, dude, yeah. I'm in traffic all the time. <laughs> so I'm not bummed when I'm in bumper-to-bumper traffic because I got Marin sitting there in- interviewing someone. So yeah. when you say ripping him off,
0: he's just well, yeah, I, I was such a, a good interviewer. I was a zine kid in the late '90s, and I did zines, and you know, yeah. when the King goes did that whole thing, and I wanted to keep doing it, but didn't really have an outlet. And then I hear Mark Marin interviewing Henry Rollins, and I went. Oh. Holy shit! That's how you do it. Yeah. And then my my own like I I try to be less and less of a uh, rip off now and try to do my own thing. Um, The only thing and and it's getting there. The
1: only thing maybe you know I mean it's hard to you know I mean when you interview someone and then you like someone's you know maybe interviewing style that that might be something that you got to find your own way. But um, the thing that I just love about him is it's not even interviews; it's just conversations.
0: Yeah. And see, so sitting down with you today, I normally I'll sit down and I'll do like a week's worth of research yeah. study everything and like we were talking about a minute ago I wish we had had the tape recorder on we were talking about this stuff I had a buddy of mine pass away last week had a root canal on Monday I can only I can't feel this part of my face right now and I was like I don't know if we're going to be able to do it <laughs> woke up today and was like ah, I'm going to cancel it took a nap woke up and I'm like fuck no I'm going to go talk to Joseph
1: dude sleeping's rad And uh, sleeping will change your mood in a second especially after you name the, you know you're losing your yeah. buddy um as we talked about, that's just so heavy, and and then root canal is never never no, cool, never, never, and there's never was, a right
0: time for root canal. It was super badly infected too, so it's I'm still like dealing with the swelling, and then I was like, nah, screw it, let's go. You know, you wake up from that nap and you get that yeah. new that new, new energy joy, and I was like, I don't have to. What I knew about you, I knew we could do exactly what we're doing. <laughs> we're hanging out, we're bullshitting, and uh, we're gonna get some really cool long t- conversation. I love this. It. Hopefully not too long because you get another interview. No, man, I'm all good. But um, I remember the first time I saw the Wax video. Okay, the uh, fire, fire video, fire, yeah. Uh, California, is it Southern song California? California. I, still, I always get confused. Is it Southern California or Ca- I think it's just California. I think it is too. Yeah, it's I should know that. <laughs> but yeah how many other songs do you have out there but um none like that that know, had
1: a, you know academy award director who started out as a skater yeah. go figure yeah. what, I love that so much
0: how many How many of those guys that you started out with or like who stuck with it or are still doing what they're doing that are super successful well, I mean, like that the
1: thing that was weird is like is that the crew of people that You know, moved to LA at that time, just like any city. You know, you have crew people that are moving to Denver right now. You have crew people that are moving to New York. Crew people moving to LA. At that point, and it was like 90, 91, um, the people that I hooked up with um, were people, uh, you know, my crew, my bandmates, which was like, You know, Loomis, who went on to do um, the stuff with Jackass. Um, And then uh, Bertie Cutlass, our bass player. Um, Soda, our... God, they all have nicknames. Um, And then he's our guitar player. So that was my crew. But the thing that was going on was... Then there was this other group of guys that were like a old, like they were like really into metal and they were kinda nerdy and they really didn't talk to anybody and they just hung out. We had this common area in this building that we all lived in, this like high-rise, and it was like this apartment building where it was you know, you, you moved in and it would say like First month free, last month free and it was these apartments and they had these really like Miami Vice signs out front, lots of neon and and what would happen was a group, a band would move into this building and, and it was two bedrooms and you'd, you'd live with six people. You know, you'd have a person in the dining room, person in the living room, person in the bedroom. So you know, just jammed them in there. So these buildings, there was in Hollywood, there was all of these high rise apartment buildings. And they had like in the middle a common area where there was like a weight bench and maybe like a, a stairmaster, some sort of workout facility, and then a pool table and a coke machine. And what ended up happening was when, I, when, when Wax got together, the crew of people that would come to this common area, because none of us, you know, we didn't have any money to go out to the bars and drink, really no one knew each other, so everyone was kind of just hanging yeah. out. Um, the thing that, that you found was um, you got Wax hanging out and then there's these dudes, uh, like I said kind of nerdy really really shy they're into metal but like they don't really talk that much we're friendly with them and that ends up becoming Weezer so they're like just sitting there hanging out and then in the same room you have these dudes with like dreads and they're really into comic books and ghouls and like into the misfits but like farther than like anyone I'd ever seen and they're from New York City and they have um, like some of the people in the band are super talkative and then there's this one dude that's always just like drawing and just, you know, planning and that ends up being, you know, white zombie, which is Rob (laughs) Zombie. And you know, you you have the white zombie guys like working out with weights uh, with the circus of power dudes and then you have the weezer guys kind of in the corner just like whoa what are we doing here and then the wax guys you know basically uh holding court drinking beers and shooting pool smoking and that was like our crew and at the time there was these other people that would hang around you know this one skater and he was you know super quiet took a lot of photographs um and 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 was super cool and was a skater and that was spike jones he was just yeah. just a guy you know he would call him spike hey what's up spike you know he's just just another kid Um, at that same point there was this one dude that he was always I remember he was always reading he was always going on auditions he was always studying lines he was really into acting and he was going out with this girl at the time but like they they kind of they they were always hanging out and the the guy um, the guy that 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 was this guy that was hanging out like I said always acting always had this like like I want to say like some script or some book that he was reading and that ended up being Johnny Knoxville, you know, and at the time, you know, I forgot his real name, but you know, he's just, he's just hanging out, uh, uh he's just, he's just another guy that's hanging yeah. out. And then there's a whole slew of these people that, that. At the time, you know, we're just a bunch of kids all in our 20s that just moved to Hollywood that are just trying to figure out what we're going to do. And, you know, before you know it, one band gets signed, another one gets signed, Uh, White Zombie turns into White Zombie, Weezer, of course, turns into Weezer, Wax does their thing, Spike goes on to do his thing, Johnny Knoxville goes on to do his thing. That whole jackass thing really started with, uh, with Loomis. And, and soda, and and the guys in wax. I wasn't a part of it because what it, when I say I wasn't a part of it, I meant, what I mean is like, like these dudes were like, they were super into like stunts, and they were super into like drinking, you know? And like I would drink, but like I didn't think, like I remember when we were in Chicago uh, one night, it was like, it was before we did our first video. There's a video that people, i haven't really seen because the first video that spike ever directed was this video for this song called hush by wax in chicago and it's like these kids playing and we we were on caroline records and somewhere or another like you know spike got flown out to chicago we're all on tour so we took a break and um i remember like the night before we're supposed to film this video um right there uh, across the street from Rig- wrigley field in chicago the loomis and soda and spike were Drinking and they were getting into cabs and then they thought it was funny that the cab driver would be driving and then they would just open the door And just bail (laughs) out like full-on stuntman style and like roll into the street Well that night Spike ended up wailing his head and had to go to the hospital to get stitches so the next day When we showed up to film our video with Spike, you know, this is the guy that's supposedly directing our video Um, He has full there's photos of him. He has a full-on like mummy style bandages on his head and I remember just like, wow. And and that whole like doing stupid shit, jackass stuff, kinda I feel like was always like kinda born right there in that yeah. in that moment. But, you know, looking back on it, you don't think at that time, you know, all these people around you are gonna
0: go on and yeah. do all these,
1: this cool shit.
0: You know? That's the cool thing, especially some of the podcast and whatnot, you hear about these stories, it's like, yeah, none of us knew. No. And then look everybody in the people that stick with it and stay with it and have a real drive and passion yeah. for it usually succeed
1: yeah and i mean the, I've, i mean i even and i think that like even the you know i've had opportunities to like i did an interview with linda ramone uh once johnny ramones uh yeah. widow and um and we did this like really in-depth interview and it was it was just awesome but i'll always remember she said one thing because i asked her like man you know did the ramones know how influential and did johnny know how influential and she's like, no, like, who are you going to fucking, what, you going to toot your own horn to like, he goes, she goes, who, wait, what, is he going to tell me that he's great? Like, fuck that, <laughs> you know, like, you do your thing, you do what you do, and if people like it, cool. And I was like, wow. So like, that's coming straight from, you know, one separation away from Johnny Ramone. that like, no, yeah. he's not going around. Oh, I influenced everyone. He's just like, I don't know, people dig our music and I'm just going to keep doing it.
0: So, and one thing I like about you is you have your hand into a whole lot of different pots. You do pot. a whole lot of different stuff, and it sounds like it's always been that way. Since um, I was, yeah, I mean... When did you realize, was it living with those guys that you realized, hey, I can do all this stuff, or have you always been that just, kind of like... You know, since I was a little kid, um, you know, I just think I was
1: always just involved in a lot of different things. Um, you know, when I was growing up... Uh, I I would, I would, I I never was just like a, like one dude into like one thing, you know, like when I was little, I was fully into magic. Like that's kind of, I just remember like, I mean, I, know, uh, I, that's, I, 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 I always say like I trip out that I was into magic, but like I was into it as much as I like am into comedy as a kid. Like I, I loved, uh, that was like, to me, like magic to me was like my first, like, uh, like Houdini and and Doug Henning and all these magicians right now people are like who the fuck is he talking about but um Houdini everyone knows but like to me those guys were like the first like you know like Joe Strummer's and and rock stars to me because there was this sense of like mystery around them and they had all these posters and they you know they all they had this sense of like life and death with these you know, handcuffed and thrown into, a you know, beneath seven feet of ice. Will he get out? And I, you know, as a kid, I was like, holy shit. Like I was so into that. And with my dad, we, we'd work on, you know, um, uh, you know, tricks together and then I'd go perform them at school. And then, you know, that's when I was little. So like, I mean, I would, and then even when I was little, I was putting on, like I, I put on a talent show when I was a kid. I, uh, you know, of course I won it, um, you know, um, <laughs> I made people like do things like I don't want to dance. Come on, I'll compete against you. You know, like it was my whole thing. Uh, but I was really into. Um, I was always into putting shows on, and then you know as I got older and I and I realized like, I really I wanted to get. I got into skateboarding, and that was a real game changer for me. I think I think like when I turned 13, it just for me living in California, and I moved in with my dad getting into skateboarding in the, the early eighties really p- changed everything. Not so much because like, wow, I was such a great skateboarder. It wasn't that it was, but it was really about, I wasn't that great at sports. You know, I loved playing sports, yeah. but I just wasn't, I wasn't good. You know, like I wasn't like, Hey, let's pick Joe. Cause he's going to crush it. Like I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't that good. But what I loved about skateboarding was I was pretty good at that and I could hang With guys that were super good and there wasn't any judgment because I wasn't as good as them so I I was like oh, okay this is cool and I also like that like I didn't have someone like pushing me except you had all the guys pushing you like come on dude like you can drop in or come on you can learn frontside rocks or you can do this or you can do that never learned frontside rocks don't know (laughs) why I said that but my point being is that that right there changed everything for me and and then at the same point that was the first time that I ever heard music that wasn't my parents' music. Right. And that was a full game changer for me because up until that point, all I'd ever heard was, you know, what my mom and dad were listening to. And they had this record player and I was really into, I was, I knew I liked music, but I didn't know that like, I thought ABBA was cool. I thought the, I thought uh, village people were cool. I, I didn't have any, yeah. um, I didn't have an older brother to say, Hey man, you should be listening to this. You shouldn't be listening. To this. So all of a sudden I'm listening to all this music that my parents listened to. And I have no rock history like most people go yeah you know I was listening to what my parents listened to and then I got into Zeppelin and then ACDC and then I discovered punk rock like I seriously went from the most pop oriented music to black flag like just no in between and that music spoke volumes to me gave me the same feeling that like I had when I like see pictures of Houdini and like it was like whoa what's this all about you know and then I saw my first I remember seeing the first group of punk rockers and and i know in 2015 people are listening like did he just say punk rockers but like in 19 you know 82 or whatever it was you know a punk rocker was it was i know it's so hard to even comprehend there's no image there's no go on google and see 30 photographs and oh and then this guy there's no henry rollins yet there's none of that going on there's just all of a sudden these kids have shown up to, to the show to the skateboard park with blue hair and shaved heads and Boots and chains and you're and you're just like, whoa, what's that all about? I mean, it'd be the equivalent of like, we went to a show tonight and people showed up with their heads cut off and, and they're <laughs> talking to you. And you're yeah. like, dude, this fucking guy's head's cut off. He's on fire. He's talking to me on fire. That would that would be the, I think about it all the time. Like, what would freak people out? Just if dudes were sitting there on fire. It's like, yeah, I'm on fire right now. You'd be like, that's fucking gnarly scene, dude. That's a, oh, yeah. like, and you can be on fire and hang out. Yeah. Is this what we do? You'd be like, okay, I might want, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm into that. But that to me was the thing that really opened uh, the door to all of a sudden this huge community, which I thought was huge. It was probably a hundred people, but it was like, okay, so this music that I'm listening to, like these guys, like are in their own bands. What? Yeah. Uh, they're putting out their own records. What? They, they they go on tour now. All that discovery that I just said to you right there—that's a five-year. Learning curve yeah. for me. It wasn't like I discovered that at, you know twelve and thirteen. It, you know, I happen happened to be really lucky that the the city that I grew up in, San Jose, we had two. We had a the best skateboarder at the time, Steve Caballero. He it was pre Tony Hawk. He was the number one skateboarder in the world, and he was at our he was at our park, and we skated together all the time. And on top of that, he was in the like one of the first, not first skate punk bands that was you know around, but the first band that toured and put records out uh, the faction so all of a sudden I was I was living you know I was living in this I was living you know in a neighborhood or living in the same city with these guys that you know the faction made their own records so I, I got to sit there firsthand and watch the guy in the band Adam go to LA and he you know they I, I got to see him go to San Francisco record their records you know and then they'd come back, and I'd be like, What'd you do? He's like, Yeah, I recorded a record. I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, and now I bring it to LA. What do they do? Yeah. That? They make it, they press it. What? Then I go down in my van and I pick them up. I remember he went down in one day, I'll never forget it. I go, he drove down in the morning, drove back at night, came back. Dude, check this out, put right in my laps. Uh, the record darkroom it was a six song ep i was (laughs) fucking blown i couldn't even i was like what the fuck just happened like you drew what i couldn't even and then and then i'll never forget they had a map in his living room like where they practiced like this little den that they practiced and they had a map of the united states of america and they did the thing they put the little thumbtack into all the cities that they were going to and and there's a lot i was like you're going like you're not gonna you're gonna play in sacramento like, like, Sacramento's not rad, but they're going there. You're going to go to F- Phoenix? You you know, like, then Phoenix might as well have been when you told me you went to Thailand. Like, yeah, it right. was like, how how is this even happening? you're going to go in a van, no parents? And you guys are all, like, 18? Yeah, and we'll be back in a month. Oh, and by the way, we're playing CBGBs. Like, my head exploded. <laughs> I was, I, I, I knew right then, I remember, I knew right then. When they, I remember the night they were, one of the nights they were packing their van, they're getting ready to go on the road, and I was just like, I have to do that someday. I was the kid, there was this documentary, I don't know if you ever saw it. You ever see Another State of Mind? It's been a long, long time, but yes. Okay. So, like, Another State of Mind was like a documentary done by the Stern brothers on like one of the first punk tours in the 80s. Yeah. Minor Threat is in it, Youth Brigade is in it. Um, uh, I, there might be some Seven Seconds, but for everyone, you know, listeners, just, just go and, and watch it. It, it, it's, it still stands the test of time, but it will give you a snapshot of how different and crazy it was, you know, being in the punk rock yeah. band. But- We're like in a school bus. Yeah, yeah like. and they're on a school bus. It and social and D. Yeah, social D's on you're right. Yeah. Mike writes another state of mind um, on it and his band. Okay, the movie though, not to, spoiler alert, okay. Bus breaks down constantly, no one ever gets paid. Uh, social distortion quits on Mike and flies home. Uh, everyone in the band is, everyone's just bum out. It is a bum out. It's just a constant train wreck, the whole, you know, documentary. Okay. When we all left the movie theaters, my friends and I seeing that everyone walked out and they were like, they were like, damn dude, I fucking, I would never want to do that. And I was like, I can't wait to fucking do that. I can't wait. I can't wait to dye my hair in a Motel Six in the middle of the country. I can't wait to push the van down the road. I can't wait to not get paid. I can't wait to um, to uh, play a show and and there's a riot. I can't yeah. wait. And my friends were like, "What? Like, what? Didn't you see what happened?" I'm like, "I want to do that." Yeah. So that really led to like, you know, at that you know, and then at that time I just you know like and it just kind of when you said having my hands and so many different things, I just you know like. I'm, I only have my hands in the things though that like make sense. Like when I was a singer in the band, yeah, I had my hand. I had my hand in like, why don't we put out our own record? Okay, yeah. that means start a record. Hey, why don't we book our own shows? Okay, I got my hand in that. Hey, why don't we you know make our own merch? Okay, I got my hand in that. You know, like I, it's it's not like, hey man, you know, I also own a restaurant. Like it, it's nothing like that. It was always stuff that made sense. And then even now, you know, when when I started Side One you know twenty years ago, it's like. Starting side one just made so much sense because I only ended up doing just a bigger version of what I kind of already had been doing. Like I say all the time when people, you know, they're like, you know, how did you learn to put records out? And I go, dude, it was from sitting in that living room at that kid's house, the Adam bomb from the faction. Like, I mean, it's silly, but it was it was a simple thing. You know, band writes good songs, band records songs, band sends out to Max Rock and Roll. Hopefully they get some good reviews. Oh, people like it. Where are those people in the country that like it? Go to those places, play shows. Oh, when we get there, what should we do? Have a place to stay. Oh, we can get that done with meeting the kids. Oh, hey, why don't we sell some t-shirts and the record? Now what do you do? Go to the next show, do that for a month, come home.
0: Yeah, well, and it's <laughs> and it's weird because you'd think with all the technology it'd be easier, and it is, but I know people that still struggle with those very simple comp Concepts of because I think now it's, it's just gotten it, it
1: there the thing I love about technology is you know we're recording this right now it'll be up tomorrow and you know whoever many people want to check it out can and they can be like well man that was cool like it just happened like yeah. it, it, like literally like it won't even be 12 hours later and this could be up I love that um but I also feel that like because of technology and 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 the the web that you know I think maybe sometimes it hinders people because it scares people because, yeah, it really will be out there. Yeah. And that means people can hate on it. I mean, I know right now for me, you know, just, I'm, I'm not over it, but like for, for like doing stand-up for like five years, I, I totally had a full anxiety about, you know, people could, you know, it's one thing when, you do a show and then everyone's in front of you. Like when I was in a band, if people didn't like my band, I was like, fuck you, man. Like yeah. we're a gang. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, like I don't give a fuck you don't like my band because we fucking rip. And besides, you probably dig me, but you don't like our bass player. Like, you know, I, I was like, you know, but like, and you're, you're four dudes. But, like, that was one thing with stand-up that, like, you know, if someone doesn't like you and they write a review and, like, they don't dig you. I mean, they're just telling straight up, I don't like Joseph and these are the five reasons. And that was hard for me. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, that's gnarly when someone fucking bags on you yeah. just personally.
0: And, um you know, I... Because you never did the singer-songwriter thing. No, did, I didn't. Yeah, I, so I, I skipped over out.
1: that. I skipped <laughs> over that, you know. Just only because um, a lot of my friends, you know, I mean... It's hard for me to do the singer songwriter thing when I, you know, like I was in a band with Steve Soto and, um, you know, he, he's, you know, from the adolescence, he was in 22 Jacks with me. And like, you know, when you're in a band with someone like that, that's so talented and you see them pick up an acoustic guitar and they can just sh- shut down a room with their voice and their songs. You're just like, yeah, I can't yeah. do that. Like I just learned really quick, like, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, when my son yells at me because I can't hit an a, like, Dad, it goes A-G-D. And I'm like, whoa, bro, slow it down. Like, you're like, okay, I, I you know, I'm, I can play songs, but I, I, I don't need to put people through that yeah. in an in a
0: atmosphere with PAs and, you know, <laughs> come and see me play. But so when you're up on stage you're getting these bad reviews, how did you uh, get over those? Well, I mean, I've been pretty fortunate in the sense
1: of, like, when I say bad reviews, um, like, I haven't had, like... It could always be worse, Right. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember. you know, I've had, I've had, I, I've never had like, when I say review, there isn't like anything, I mean, sure, you know, someone would say, yeah, I was at this festival and I, you know, maybe they didn't like my set, whatever. That's cool. I think the main thing that was the first thing for me to get over was like, uh, what, I remember one, you know, I remember one time, you know, a video just on YouTube that got uploaded to the Laugh Factory and, um, you know, just people like, you know, don't quit your day job if, if this is your day job. And I was like, Oh, you know, like, okay. And then someone just said like, go back to your job at Foot Locker, which I I was like, dude, am I so out of touch that like Foot Locker's lame? Like, I don't know, like, you, guys are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, when someone throws yeah. a burner, that's so gnarly that you're like, what does that even mean? You know? And for me, but you know, the only thing that for me that, that, um, I had to get over it, man. Yeah, and I had to get over myself. And like, I talked to a lot of comics about it. And like, I remember I talked to one comic in particular. He was just like, he's like, dude, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Like, if you're gonna start, you know, letting that stuff affect you, like, I don't know if this is the right thing for you to be doing. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. Just don't read it. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. You know, another thing, don't read good reviews. Yeah. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. Then I had another comic say to me, dude, when you have a good set, don't go, you know, go home, listen to your set, but don't fucking wallow in it. No, dude, I wonder if anyone's going to tweet about me. And I, and I was like sitting there and, and she was like, see, because we all do it. We want to see like, oh, dude, I, you know, because it's such a, it's such a like, oh, man, you know, I wonder yeah. what they're going to say. And she said, look, you know, when you get done with the set, uh, it was this comic named Kara Satanovich. And she's been fucking on The Tonight Show. She has worked with Jane Leno and. She was, you know, super cool and and just but she was just honest and I loved her approach to it. Like, you have a good set, cool. You have a bad set, cool. It's just on to the next thing. And, you know, coming from a music background, that's sometimes I think harder yeah. for me to. And I, you know, and I wanna, and I wanna be, I want I'm a perfectionist. You know, like I, I fucking wanna I wanna learn all, you know, that's why I listen to WTF. You know, that's why I listen to every interview that Marin does, and then I I tell, I'm like, that should be a prerequisite, you know, his, you know, like, you know how they you know how they talk about, like, you know, uh, you know, prerequisite course in college, you know, if that should be a prerequisite. If you want to do standup, you should seriously, you have to sit down and listen to like, you know, 10 of these episodes because yeah. I have learned so much and I love just nerding, nerding out on yeah. those things. The same way I nerded out on music. See, that's the thing is that I, like for comedy for me, um, I just, I just nerded out on it the same way I nerded out on, uh, on music.
0: What, what I, what I like about the WTF and a lot of those podcasts, it's all about creativity. Yeah. And so you can apply, like, before I started doing comedy, I would figure out ways to apply those life lessons I learned from that into this or, uh, booking shows, running music venues. So you, there's no telling what you can get out of it. Yeah, but that's the thing that's great. Though, is you're doing the same thing. You know, you yeah, have a podcast. You got, you're doing stand up. You're
1: doing yeah. you're doing hosting the show. And uh, and I think it's just a it's a good time creatively right now. Yeah. You know, there's so many bad things going on, but the things that are good is there's so many. I hate using the works It's so techy. So many platforms. Yeah, yeah. To get something out that you want to get out there.
0: Yeah, I, re- I remember when you first started doing stand up. I was like, what is why is Joe Sib doing stand-up? And now that I've gone on my own path, it's not really that far fetched. Yeah. It's just kind of uh. What made you though? But like, what made you think that though? Because like, I like, what made
1: you think like, why, is it was it like, was it that thing of like when you see an actor say they're gonna be in a band
0: and you're like, yeah, dude,
1: um, you can't like, you know, when Keanu Reeves had a band,
0: uh, yeah, I remember I was like,
1: dude, you're actor guy, right. you're not
0: band guy, or Billy Bob. Thornton or yeah. any of those number,
1: Bruce Wayne. I mean, I'm not comparing yeah. myself at all No, 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 like no, no, that, no, but I, I'm just you know, asking like what it was that made you go, yeah, why is he doing that, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I understood the need for more outlets, Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was like, I'm working 40 hours a week, and then I got my other little projects, and I'm like, he, he runs a record label, he's got this stuff, he's got that stuff, didn't dawn on me that there are other, um, until I started doing them, and that there were other fires that needed to be lit, you know, inside you.
1: I mean I'll be I'll be totally honest, like why I did it was because I I didn't I never wanted to run a record company. Ever. That was totally like I you know, I never and I mean that with not like, yeah, I never want to do that. Oh I guess I am. I mean like I mean like I'm so you know, the bands I've worked with and, and that ride at side one is just it's fucking it's it seems like a dream. Like sometimes when I even talk about the stuff that I've been on involved in, I'm like, what did I really just say that? That sounds so crazy. <laughs> that what no, you know. Like, um, so that that part's crazy. But I I just uh, you know, and my partner's the same way. Like Bill and I talk about it all the time. I mean, he loved Eddie Van Halen, and I always laugh because he said uh, his mom said like, so now that you graduated, you know what are you gonna do? And he was like, mom. You know, probably three records and three world tours. You know, that's that's pretty much what I got set up. Like, you know, that's what I'm doing now. You know, and and I and when he says that, like people laugh, and then I'm like, I'm like right there with him. Like when I graduated from high school, I was like, I'm gonna be in a band and I'm just gonna tour and like, I, that's what I do. I'm a singer in a in a band in a punk band. Like I, I I didn't I didn't have any other aspirations. I never ever and you know it's I never like other people graduating. You know, and then obviously I went to like, you know, I went to a uh, community college and I ended up going to college and, and getting a degree. But even I remember when I graduated from college, like my roommate said to me, this is the, one of the, this is like, I don't know if he said the greatest or this is one of the greatest days of our lives. And I remember, I was going like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, it's cool. Right? And then I remember when I got on MTV, I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Like it's, you know, like that to me. Which, you know, someone listen. MTV, what reality show was he on? It was right, when they played right. videos. But like as a kid growing up, it was such an outlet. So that was a, that was great. But
0: and, and it's cool too because I remember 120 Minutes seeing oh, that damn Wax video. Yeah. Back to what started this all. Yeah. And then that pushes me to buy Being that record. A, that pushes yeah. me this way. You touch so many different people too. Yeah.
1: Being on 120 Minutes, straight up. That what you just said right there, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. And, and that to me... Was a moment that I was like, this, the moment my roommate had about graduating from college and getting his degree yeah. at Santa Clara, that was the moment. I was sitting in a hotel room and, and we sat there. I, I might have been at a bar, or no, it was, a, it was in a hotel room. And I remember uh, we're all gathered on the, you know, we were on tour. And uh, Matt Penfield comes out and he goes, Yeah, we got this record from Wax. And it was that Spike video with the kids and when he had the bandage on his head. And um, I remember, like, just watching that video, about, like, Holy shit holy shit, this is a fucking... This is it. This is... Fu- it's on. It's on. And and then, you know, like, going back to, like, getting on stage as a comic, um, because I kind of felt a little teeny bit of, like, from other musicians, that vibe a little bit. Like, I don't think they'd ever say it to my face, but I could... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good on picking up vibes that, like... I think some of my friends were a little like, yeah. dude, why is Joe doing comedy? A little bit, like... You know, like, like I don't mean like because if he's if he's if he's doing comedy, is it, it you know like I don't know, is it gonna like embarrass like maybe the label or something? I don't you know what I'm saying or cheapen right. it a little bit? I don't know you know if you're getting it, up there telling dick jokes and being <laughs> silly, but like. I, I, I was like, I could see that look on people. Because when you tell someone you're doing stand-up, and you, you probably get, you get this feeling, you tell people you do stand-up, they, it's almost like telling people, like, hey, come see me in a
0: musical. They're like, oh, dude, I'm not I, a real fan of musicals. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I don't actually really tell people about it. Yeah. And then it gets out, and they're like, oh, you're doing stand-up. I'm like, well, kind of, not really. Yeah. You know, I pretend. And yeah. I apologize for myself, because you know I've only done it, I've done it six or seven times, but yeah. still, that's six or seven more oh, times than... Ninety percent of people and do you out d- there. And do you like it? Yes. Do you love it? Like, I don't love it yet. You don't love it yet. I don't think. I got. I got. I got up and I got to sing a song with Bill and Carl from The Descendants playing backup. Oh, yeah. How was that? Um, that was probably my MTV moment. Yes. Yeah. And on. I got. I got off. I got done. I got to sing Coolidge. Oh. And I get done and I'm like... Was it with like punk rock karaoke? It was kind of punk rock karaoke. They, they you know, they live in Port Collins. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get them to come tonight. Yeah. Bill's in uh, Long Beach and uh, and uh, I didn't invite Carl. That's nice. Oops. I love him. Sorry, um, Carl. Uh, their buddy plays guitar. So one year for his birthday, they were like, Hey, you learn all the Descendant songs, me and Carl. We'll back you up, and they've done it three years in a row. And wow. I got to become buddies, and I was like, hey, can I get up and sing Coolidge? And they like, done. And, I, and when I let, and that's the thing, I don't think I'm going to be a lifer with comedy, because I got up off, the, I get up off the stage with the comedy, I'm like, that's cool. But when I got off the stage after Coolidge, I was like, holy shit, can we go again? Wow. You know, can I do that again, please? Yeah. And then when so, I.
1: I mean, that might be the thing, you know? man, you might want to be more, like, singer.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, too, is you have I do. a good look for singer. No, thanks. I look beard. like every other one. Um, no I do the punk rock talk shows, which I get, which is my funny way of saying uh, podcast recording. Yeah. Um, and when I get done with those, I have that feeling. I'm like, hell yeah, we made something awesome. Yeah. This is great. I don't really I get if it's, that I wonder, yet.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's because of what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe. Because I can just tell if we're sitting here right now, like you're a passionate dude about music. You know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And I'm still feeling it. I'm new.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But you hear those stories on WTF where people are like, "The first time I got up there, I was I was hooked." And did you listen hooked, to the? So.
1: Uh, did you listen to? Uh, oh my gosh, she has the new movie out with uh, Danny. Uh, it's like stepdad, not stepdads, but um, Will Ferrell. Oh, did Will, you Th- listen Th- to Will Ferrell. Uh,
0: a while back. Yeah. Okay,
1: how crazy was it to think that Will Ferrell? Um, he you know used to go to the improv in Irvine, yeah. which. I, I've done a million shows in that room that he was talking about, and and it was so crazy to hear him. He'd sit in the back of the room, and and he just would study the comics, and then and then like he, he went up, but like it wasn't like
0: him as we know him now. He right, right, was right. like, I don't know
1: if I could do that.
0: I, I feel and like I do that oh too. My God, I definitely sit in the back and I watch. I yeah, deconstruct everything they're doing. I mean, one thing I,
1: probably, one thing I think you know, people that are listening, are like, dude, this guy ever shut up? But like, one thing fan. for me, man, that I that I've learned now is, like, whatever I've ever done, I've always felt like I've jumped in with like no looking back, and I feel like, you know, with music and with with art and all of that, you kind of have to because if you if you don't just jump in, then you start you know overthinking it. But then the only downside to kind of stepping back and watching other people and going, Okay, I wanna learn from this is then whatever art you're creating, when you really do start to create it, whether you're you know, in a band, whether you're an artist, whether you're a photographer, whether you're yeah. you know, a comic, if you do take that moment to like check it all out, I feel that when you do jump in, you jump in a little more solid. And I feel like for me, like, you know, I, I would just jump in and not and, you know, then they have those moments that were just so abandonment that aren't good moments, but it w- it got me to like do it. You know, even when I was in my first band, I was a bass player, you know, like I, you know, I just because I wanted to be in a band. The like, guy needed a bass. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll play bass.
0: Yeah. You know? And that's one of the things with this, you know, like I was trying to say, I, I got off track, but I started asking about origin stories on this. And now mm-hmm. I've slowly started asking people about the, their... Experience and the importance of participating in things. Because for me, I'm like, holy shit, I'm just a kid who did zines who decided to do a podcast. I'm sitting here with you. I've met all all these heroes. I'm, on. I'm sung with bands. And it all just kind of happens because you jump right in. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I have this vision of this kid, 15-year-old in Iowa with no friends, who's maybe somehow stumbled upon this. And he's like... How does he find that courage to get up off the couch and participate? Because he can be a photographer, Absolutely. podcaster, Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. If you start, yeah. Who knows where it's going to take? Yeah, you. yeah. Oh man. And I mean, that's what I like about you is you do it all. You're like
1: screw it, I'm gonna do it. All. You know, I mean, and and the thing is, the thing is, is that I think we're all like, you know, that kid that we're talking about, that boy, that young girl, whatever, that person that's like, I want to, I want to try this, whatever it is. Um, it all starts no different. The, it, because the people I loved, you know, Ian Mackay, man, I yep. mean, that guy to me, Ian Mackay to me, you know, I mean, I'm such a fan of who he is and, and what he did and, and even who he is today just as a human being oh. you know, that like, you know like he and, and then when I hear his story it's so similar to like him going yeah we just started a band like he didn't know that Minor Threat was going to be what it is he sure. didn't know disc, he was like it's just this is what I do I'm going to do this and, and, it, and you're like oh okay so it's just really all about taking taking that moment and, and letting go of the side of the pool. It's like when you're a little kid, I always use the analogy of like, you know, your parents are like, okay, you know, you go around the side of the pool, just hold the side and then there's that moment that you're like, well, am I ever gonna do a flip into the pool like the other guy? Am I ever going off the diving board? Am I ever going off the high dive? Will I open my eyes underwater? Like I remember as a kid, I thought I'd never do those things. And then all of a sudden you see yourself the next summer and you're that dude and yeah. you see that other kid hold on the side of the pool and you're like, oh shit. Okay, I get it now.
0: There's also that flip side though because I used to try to rewrite books. I put that in quotation oh, really? marks. And like I'd get like... Did you say rewrite books? Or just write. Like, oh, I think you said I, rewrite. Like no, someone no.
1: wrote a book and then no. you go, no way. <laughs> no capturing the ride, I can make that better.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe in my weird little kid way, but I had the, I, I would sit down and I'd get like five pages into it. Next thing you know, I'm imagining myself on the book tour. Fuck yeah. The first movie. Dude, well, can I tell it, you, you, you gotta too,
1: do that what? though. You can I, you get know, too caught up in that though, what? I think. You know what though, okay. man? I call that envisioning it, man. You gotta right. envision it. Right. When I was a little kid, I swear to God, when I was a little kid, uh, there was this band in my hometown and, uh, and the guy, uh, there's a there's a show that was on tv called star search and dave chappelle was on it and and it was one of these it was one of these um it was one of these where's the channel changer because like what's this show that we have on because it's so depressing i have no idea everyone that's the thing about when you're staying at the loft you keep the tv on so you're not alone but it's like the most like csi depressing show people are just bummed okay um so anyway this guy this this the drummer in the band, they won the thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars and they it was a huge deal, right? And I remember talking to the drummer after they won and they were on TV and it was such a big deal. But the thing that he said to me, I go, ha, I go, Craig, you know, <coughs> I can't believe you guys won. And he goes, yeah. And I go, how did like, I mean, how did you even do that? And he goes, you know what? The night before, I just kept envisioning us winning and get it, you know, and the announcer saying their kingpins or the name of the band have won whatever the name of the show was and the check and visualizing it. And I go, What do you mean? He goes, I just lay there in bed, and I just visualized it over and over and over. And and it was almost like he willed it to happen. And and I really I tell people all the time, man, it's like, sure, if you're not Like, like if you, you know, in this day and age, no one wants anyone to be a dreamer. Like, oh dude, you can't write a book. Fucking, you know who the writer is. Or you can't do stand-ups. This guy's a comedian. You can't, you're not a singer. This guy is. That's just, that's just the nature of everybody in this world. But I'm telling you right now, if you can't, like, if you are writing doing art, whatever you're doing, it's, I think it's totally healthy and okay to be like, man, I don't know, man, I'm reading this stuff. It's pretty good. And like, dude, imagine if like my book got picked up and then like, dude, I have to fly to New York and I do a book tour. <laughs> well, I'm in her family. But now like, if you start going like, then I meet this chick and then I have kids, you know, like maybe, you know, yeah, it maybe. goes on too far, but I totally do believe that you can say, All right, yeah. you know, you start visualizing at least this, like, Hey, you know what? I, I can feel in my hands, the weight of a book that I'm gonna write, like I can feel it in my hands. I don't know when this is gonna happen, but I know someday I'm gonna have this book in my hand that I wrote, and 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 it's gonna be finished and complete. Like those kind of visualizations, I think are totally, nice. totally doable. All
0: right, I like that. I will, that cool? I will work on bringing that back into my life. And everyone right now is like, dude, is
1: he interviewing Tony Robbins? Like, what just happened? No, I mean this is the. I tell totally you the in thing. Stuff.
0: This is good stuff. This is stuff I needed to know because I gotta go <laughs> do a comedy show here myself Tonight. in a little bit, and now I'm feeling more psyched up about it. Dude, the thing with comedy is this, man.
1: All I know is this: I've watched all those dudes that you talked about, all the people that I love. I think at the end of the day, like, comedy's supposed to be fun. And if yeah. you're not having fun on stage, the audience knows it. Okay. Like, if you're not having yeah. fun, and if you if you if you're not having fun, then the audience knows this game ain't having fun. So before you go up there, and you're and you're like you're like, dude, I'm just gonna have fun, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, obviously right. yeah. obviously when you have material that you know, like you were saying earlier, I'm writing some bits, I'm getting this going. Like like when you know you've got some stuff in your back pocket, no different than like a band, like, hey dude, we got six songs and they're pretty good, then you feel more confident when you walk on stage. But the, the main thing is, is that when you walk up there, you're like, I got my bits in my head, but no matter what, I'm going to have fun tonight. I'm going to look yes. at the audience, I'm going to be like, what's up? And I'm also going to allow like the universe to like throw me something and I'm going to have fun with it. Because I know when I fucking, I used to just, even when I was in a band, dude, I took it too seriously. I would just, I would, sh- I would take the fun out of it. You know, being in a band with me, I, I bet you if you interviewed, like, my ex-band members, they would be like, dude, sometimes it wasn't fun with that guy. Because <laughs> it, it's cool talking about visualization and all that stuff right here, but, like, being in a band with the dude for six hours, it's a little, you know, like, yeah. dude. Different people.
0: Yeah. Um, what time is that other interview at 5.30? Because it's, like, 5.30 now.
1: Um... I think the kid said, you can't do it now, or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. And I well, then... forgot the two dudes that were doing it. But uh, anyway, but well, okay. we've been going an hour, haven't we? Well, almost. All right, I don't want to, hey, anyone that's listening, man, sorry. I had a huge cup of coffee before yeah. we started this.
0: But I, I, I was going to say, that's a perfect stopping point. But if you don't mind, I want I, I to I I talk a little bit about the label. Okay, let's talk about the label. So um, again, we got that 15-year-old kid somewhere listening. He wants to make music. He's finally gotten mm-hmm. up off the couch. He started this band. Love it. It's plugging away. How, uh, how much? participation do you have in the day-to-day of the label? These I years. mean,
1: obviously not like I did when we started, because
0: right, yeah. it's just me and one other guy.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, my participation inside one is, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm the, I'd say like the older, the elder statesman, yeah. you know, like, Joe, I'm really into this band, we want to work with them, what do you think? You know, they'll play it to me, and then I'll ask all the questions that I come to my mind, and then they kind of done all the research of the reasons why it might work on side one and also like they've done all the research of like we don't want to sign bands that we can't help right like I've had bands that you know I always tell the story of uh, um, what was that band uh, oh my god they, they were friends with like Blink-22 um, they are super pop
0: Phoenix TX no
1: not that band uh, come to me in a second it it's uh, and then they became like a pop band they have the bass player, and everyone loves the bass player. He's like Tata dude. For a while, he was dating like. Is that like Good Charlotte? it's some. It's something SR's similar 71. to that. You know, uh-huh. like it's something similar. Good Charlotte would be a great example, only because you know I remember at one point being on the road in Twenty Two Jacks, and the guys in Good Charlotte were looking for a label, and I knew at that point I couldn't do the job that they needed. They needed to be on the radio. Yeah, Fallout Boy. There you yeah, go. There you go. So it's Fallout Boy. I remember we got sent the Fallout Boy CD, and I remember I was just like. I'm like I can't I can't help this band you know we're an independent label they need to be on the radio today and at that point being on the radio you know is what they needed and they got it <coughs> and they went on to do what they did um I have to sign bands that I know I can help like what can we bring to the table and help them with and sometimes sometimes you can't you know there's certain genres of music that I'm like you know what man my company doesn't know that genre of music and and, and we're the first ones to go you know what let's not try to break the jazz artist, even though we love the jazz artist. I, I, I always make a joke, I love jazz in the morning, I hate jazz in the afternoon, and then I love jazz at night. So you know, it's like, I don't know enough about it, and I don't know how to break it. Um, and and, and, and I, I mean, I'm using the term break it, but I mean like, I don't know how to help that artist become bigger. No. But my day-to-day business at Side One is just really being there to help the younger people at the company work with their bands, you know, like, like Jamie, you know, she's our publicist, but she manages a band and she'll ask me questions, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, well, you know, you should talk to so-and-so. Okay. I didn't think of that. Or oh, man, that's a great idea. And then she'll come back and go, wow, you were right. I talked to the band and this happened. I'm like, yeah. You know, and that's just being an older dude that's been doing it, yeah. for, you know, when you've done the same thing. I mean, I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, and I, I there's a part of me that's super proud of it, but then there's a part of me that thinks it's a little weird. I've been doing the same thing since I was 15 years old. Jeez. I'm 48. Yeah. The same thing.
0: The you know, wonder of the comedy is uh feels so good for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's weird because the comedy feels just like it, you know, I was talking to Virgil, your you know, buddy from suburban home. and He said something I've been saying forever. He goes, man, it feels like the new punk rock is comedy. I go, you fucking... I've been saying that for the last three years.
0: I'm studying myself.
1: You know, like, I mean, how can you not feel that when you go to a show on a rooftop in San Francisco? You go to a basement show in New York. You go to a a backyard show in Echo Park in L.A. You go to a brewery show tonight. You go to a, you know, it's like people just getting up and and it's, you know, it's so immediate. That's what I love about stand-up because it does have that punk thing to it where... When, when, when I first saw those bands that we all love, yeah. they weren't really good musicians. They were just like, dude, you know, let's plug it in, turn it up loud, I got some lyrics, go. And I feel like with stand-up right now, there's a lot of that going on. Like, you know what, man? I got some bits, I, I want to say this, I think it's funny, let's go. Yeah.
0: And you don't need five other people to do it. Oh, I you love that it part. Of it. <laughs> the only thing, I,
1: the only thing that's weird for me though, as you can see, I hate fucking being alone. That's like my worst thing. I'm not good with it. i you know, I love like at home. I got my kids, I got my family, but like that's one thing that I miss with being in the band. Yeah. It's like you don't trap. Like, dude, back in the day, if there was a band in this loft, we'd be stoked. Hell yeah, you know. Um, and we'd probably not be allowed to stay here. <laughs>
0: probably not. It'd probably be a lot grosser, and yeah. filthier. Uh, but still, back to the label. So, Let's go. there's, there's, what, what do you personally, when you um, find a band you're interested in, what do you look for? What, what, what should these? Moves, just,
1: if it moves me, moves it, yeah. Cool. And I know that sounds. You well, know, it's cheesy. gut instincts. I it's mean, just, that's if number it one. It moves me. I mean, you know, um, the last, the like, like, I can go by music that that you know, like every band that we've ever signed on side one. I I I and I mean this like and some people will be like really you did you really like that record Kill Your Idols yeah yeah I loved it I thought it was awesome uh, but music whether it's Kill Your Idols whether it's uh, Gaslight Anthem Gogol Berdella, pup uh, right now pup, pup. Uh, I mean pup's one of those bands like you put that record on from start to finish it's flawless you know it's just like the music, the a great players b great vocals great backup vocals um see great lyrics totally you know it's i at the beginning people compared it to weezer and i was like what are they talking about but now i understand it's just it's weezer in the sense that it comes from you at a different angle and goes in a different direction and i get that now um but for me it was seeing them live and i was like oh my god like not only these guys you know just such a great band on on record Live, they back it up, and I love that. I was like, I was like, seriously. I remember the first time. I'm like, dude, are these backups like triggered or
0: something? This is too good. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: you know, and it's like no, it's not triggered because you're in some shitty venue in Austin. So, so for me, the thing that I look for is uh, a connection, and 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 it moves me, and and um and also like, you know, I'm a big fan of like when I, I love seeing a band. And, and a lot of times bands will be like, you know, you should come and see us at this show because it's our hometown. It's going to be back with like 300 people. And I love seeing that. But like I don't need to see a band in front of like a thousand people to, to move me. Yeah. I can see a band. I saw Gaslight Anthem in front of 10 people. And I was like, this band's great, man. And I met them. They were good people. That's another thing too, man. I want to work with people that are good people. And I have been blessed. We have had great people on our company we've had great people that worked for us the entire 20 years the best people in the world um i've been blessed with that and the bands that we've worked with have been good people i have worked with people that are decent i've worked with musicians that are that are just hard working people the worst part of it and i hate it is when it the band doesn't become as big as they want. That's the hardest part. It's a heartbreaker. And and maybe sometimes when I'm on the other side of the fence being the label, you know, there's a, yeah, I've never had to deal with, yeah man, the label fucking didn't give us our shot. Like I've never had an artist say that to me, but I have had an artist like you just see that look on their face and you're like, fuck, I thought it was going to happen too. Yeah. And then, and I think, I think maybe you know they know that like they're like dude we get it you know you yeah. you 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 went for it it didn't happen and that is the hardest thing man because there's there's artists that that I love on side one that I thought I thought this is it this is happening yeah. and then the record that I didn't think anything you know like oh this is cool and then that one's the one that takes off it's just yeah and they all work so hard dude Yeah, traveling putting every, you know just putting it all in the van and just Going to, going to Europe for months at a time, being away from families, you know, like not risking, but just saying, just saying, yeah, that idea of getting a real job and doing everything that everyone else is in my family back home, I'm not doing that, and I and I know what it's like to be sitting at Thanksgiving dinner. With your family, and your grandparents to be like, so now let me understand, Joe. What is it that you do? <laughs> you know, I mean, I love my mother and father in law so much, but, you know, and they've been a part of my life because I've been married to my wife for like 20 years. Um, but I remember like it took my father in law like a decade and a half to understand what I did. Like, he's like, now no. he would give me <laughs> such a nice man. He would cut out, Joe, I saw this in the paper today. You know, you're in the music business. I think you'd like this. It was, um, ads for speakers. Like, not speakers like, hey, I'm here to, like, Yamaha to shoot. you like, I'm like, <laughs> like stereos. I'm like, and he'd be like, I cut it out for you. This is for you. And and then, you know, just such a sweet man. But finally, you know, it, it, it's just, I know what that's like for bands. And that's the hardest part. The band's not getting as big
0: as I want them to be. Is it is it hard to maybe pull a plug when it's like, okay, guys, I don't think this is going the way either one of us are going? <sighs> I mean...
1: You know when you say pull the plug, I I don't I, and I'm I don't remember really any pulling a plug. It's always like a mutual.
0: Yeah.
1: You know that's the the hardest thing is you own the label, so the good news is you can really. My partner, I would say, if it wasn't for him, I've seen him pull together deals that. He's always, he has a, this is what I love about being a partner with him. He's always said, hey man, let's cut a deal that's not a bad deal for us, but let's not cut a deal that's so good for us that it's a bad deal yeah. for the band. So he goes, all I wanna do is this. At the end of the day, I wanna just make sure that the band feels good working with us and that we feel good about working with them. I don't wanna feel anyone's bent over a barrel, because that's a lose, lose, lose. And a lot of labels, you know, yeah. you know we all know the record business, it's putting a guy over a barrel is not a, a new thing. If anything, I, I've learned that there's just kind of, when you have that working relationship with a band, you can be really honest with each other. And you can cool. go, they, you know, they, you know it, they know it, everyone's ignoring it. And, um, but I'll tell you this right now, there's been certain bands that they've said, look, all we want to do is put a record out. We'll give you the record. You just, can you, you know, we, we need someone to quarterback it and yes. just get it to press you know, we'll make it and, and we've gone, you know what, yeah, let's do it, you know, and, 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 the, and when everyone's on the same page on what's expected, like the band's like, dude, we're going to tour once, you know, on this record, yeah. once a year and we're going to go to Europe and you're like, let's plan accordingly. Cool. Uh, as long as everyone understands that, then we, and we've done that with bands that, you know, we kept doing records with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, when we started working with Chuck Reagan, he, I'll never forget Chuck Reagan told me straight up, you can put out my record, but I want you to know I'm, and everyone's going to laugh. I'm not going on tour. Well, that's the reason. I'm not going on tour. (laughs) Chuck, I have not seen Chuck Reagan not on tour the entire last eight years of my life. The guy has, he's, you know, he's on tour right now. Yeah. I mean, he quit hot water because he got tired of touring. And he wasn't going to tour. He wasn't going to tour. Yeah, and then, and then you know what he said to me? You know why I want to sign with you? You know why I want to do my record with Side One's? Because you guys understand when I'm not going to tour. And I never saw him again. <laughs> I never saw him again. I, I would say Chuck. to him when I'd see him, Chuck. He's like, I know, brother. I'm on the road, you know? But you know, maybe that was the reason he decided to work with us, because we didn't pressure him. Yeah, he can do what he wants. Yeah, just like, dude. And he, you know, And at the end of the day, you're like, dude, Chuck Reagan, is 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 Chuck Reagan side one dummy side one dummy. You know, we need Chuck Reagan more than Chuck <laughs> side one. Right. And Bill and I know that, man. It's like that's one thing we've said from the beginning. Is it, I you know, it's we're you know we're we're, yeah. we're just a group of people that love music and we're the bands are what we're nothing without we wouldn't be sitting here today if I if yeah. those bands weren't on our label. It's not the other way around.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that's yeah. pretty accurate. End of yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, back to that little kid, though. So, what you're saying is, you know, for a band, there's a, a band that they tour eight weeks a year. Yeah. They, they get 100 people in each market. Yeah. They want to go to that next level. They're eyeballing side one dummy. For you, it's important that they're good guys. Good guys. And uh, honest music. Yeah, it's honest like music. You and know, you can't fake that.
1: Yeah. So. You, know, good, you, know, I want, you know, I think it, it, I, I, I know this. It's hard when someone sends me their CD and, you know, right now in my email box, you know, there's probably, there's probably like about five emails that of people that have sent me their stuff and now because of Facebook, you know, anyone can send me their band. And I'm a, I, you know, I'm a fucking sucker for like, dude, we've been in a band and we're fan cyclone and Because I'm like, when I'm reading that letter, I'm like, God, I wrote that letter. I wrote <laughs> that fucking letter to Triple X. I wanted to be on Triple X Records so bad when I was a kid. I wanted to be on Sub Pop so bad. I wanted, to, I wanted to be signed so bad. I wrote all those letters. I once told a guy at a record company, dude, can we just put your logo on the back of the record and then like we're not on the label. But like we could, t- you know, and, and it was like, that's how bad I wanted it. Yeah, and thank God he you know he was like dude you, that's not cool and, that's and and you don't know why now but someday you will and I was like all right but can we put your logo on the back like I just was, <laughs> you know and, and I was that guy so when I read those letters it, and I'll be honest you know when you send someone your music you know I mean I'll tell you this right now it's like I much just for me personally if someone sends me their music and it's like I rather see a video of a band. Um, you know, playing in front of an audience and a reaction with the audience. You know, I get, I get videos of a band in front of no one. Then you're like, it's too early for me to get involved. I can't help you. You know, by the time someone's going to work with me, it's like, you know, it's, it's by the time we're going to work together. Here's the deal. I want to know that you've already gone around the United States say two to three times on your own. I want to know that you're already either planning your trip to Europe or you've been there. I want to know that all of those growing pains, that, that that you need to go through as an individual to find out. You know what? We went on tour and our drummer hates it. He quit. I can't work with you and have that happen. And I and I and I know when it's too early. So by the time you know I get the chance to hear your music, um, I want to know already that you're like, dude. I already did all the heavy lifting. We've been to Europe on our own. We've 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 um, released our own EP, um, and, and like I I can we can do you know in our in our hometown we're good for five hundred kids two hundred kids you know and then we go outside and we can do another hundred kids you know and we're going you know like like okay this guy understands what's going on and then that it, someone's saying look and what what I also um, uh, need from you and they were saying the labels they're just like look we're already connecting on one level. You could give us opportunities to connect on another level that we can't get. Mm -hmm. And those opportunities would be putting you on the work tour maybe for the summer. Um, Letting you open up for say, um, Andrew Jackson Gi. I'll put in a good word for you. Not that it's gonna happen, but you guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, That's when uh, a company like mine is going to say let's get involved with you what happened so much and I want everyone to know this I believed it too I totally <laughs> believed it I thought the guy comes to the show he sees us playing in front of no one and the next day he offers us the record deal and then we make the record with him and then we go on the road and everyone starts showing up to the show and I know maybe some people listening right now are like I don't believe that what's he talking about it's not 1985 but but you know what I think some people do think that this, this like this this moment of like of fast-tracking it's gonna yeah. happen in and, and it just doesn't it's like look at, you know even in comedy man yeah. like everything I'm here tonight I'm doing one night I'm not doing a weekend and you know what I better be good tonight because the comedy works it's real simple if I don't do good tonight I don't come back it's that simple it's that simple well, I'll book you on one of our <laughs> rock show but I know and you know what I I'm, <laughs> I, I'm saying you know, I'm saying I'm okay with yeah. that challenge because I feel that I've done my homework before I got here. Like I, you know, uh, Maybe three years ago I wouldn't feel good with that. Maybe four years ago I definitely wouldn't. I mean, if, you know, but what I'm saying right now is for a band listening, um, you, know, you can do so much on your own right now that um, you can get yourself and your music to a place that when the time's right. And I mean this, and I don't mean this about side one, don't work with any fucking label unless they can give you real opportunities. Don't just, you know, don't be like me when I was a kid, Can I put your logo, like, they're yeah. not gonna do shit for you. No one's ever gonna do nothing, no one's gonna ever care about your band more than you do. No one, ever, and I don't care, I don't care, I don't care if, you know, you're fucking the biggest band on the, you know, Epitaph or Fat, no one cares about your band as much as you, period. And that's the way you should always be. And you should also have the, the attitude of fuck the labels. I'm going <laughs> to fucking do this on my own. Fuck all these labels. I don't need your shit. I write my own fucking songs. I do my own thing. If you can't see how fucking great we are, fuck you. I mean, that yeah. attitude right there is the fucking germ of it all. End yeah, on
0: yeah. that. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, it, that's a pretty good spot. You're going to fest this weekend. Can I say one thing? Yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay. I mean, I let, know, I let
1: them know that we drank coffee before this. Okay. Oh. Stoked that we did this. I want to apologize to anyone listening that was like, dude, does the guy ever shut up? <laughs> you caught me at a good time, uh, and um, I'm stoked we could do this.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad this worked out too because, you know, again, root Canal, is like, oh man. And then I was like, I didn't do any research, and I was like, wait a minute, it's Joe Sip, I don't have to do any research. He did a great job. He's going to conquer it for me. Dude, um, I, you know what I want to see you do? Huh. Okay. I want you to interview Mark Merritt. And we've, I've actually met Mark and we've talked about it. So. Well, you Which to is weird, if you think about it. Mark Maron plays comedy works. Mark Maron has been in this fucking room before. Are you serious? Yeah. Shit! You a, shit can I, on the shitter I, I, Mark Maron. Yeah, I jacked in the bed that he jacks in. Um, yeah. Um,
1: can we edit that part? No, um, no. what I was going to say was this. I'm going to leave notes for all the comics that I love, <laughs> and then I'm going to text them when they're here and go, hey, Mark Maron, you know that big N over the fireplace? Pick it up, I left you something. Would that be cool tweets? That'd be some, that'd be pretty cool. Actually, I get down with that. Hey, uh, you know, <coughs> Maz Jobrani behind the stop sign. But then they think I'd be leaving. I'm like, dude, is he leaving me like drugs?
0: <laughs> something worse? Yeah. I don't know. Are you excited about this? I'm super excited. Done? Never, I've never You're been. Done. Ooh. I've never, never been. you've never even been? Never even been. Oh man. It's, Cause every year it's, it's on Halloween. Else. I've
1: been with my kids for the last 14 years. This is the first time I'm away from them. What
0: time is it? Cause I don't want to be like, the show. Oh, what time do you have to be there? I don't know. Um It's about nine, six o'clock. I gotta be there at seven. Okay. Well Look my merch. Let's uh well, let's, Are we done? Well uh, yeah. Uh can uh, we say anything again? First time at Fest. You're excited? Any bands you gonna check out if you have time? I'm a oh my god.
1: Uh my I, well first of all, all the sidewind dummy bands, Jeff Rosenstack, Pup, uh Restorations god. By Um, the way I want to
0: kiss your ass a little bit You guys haven't put out a bad record yet this year Everything's been great Even like And very eclectic And I appreciate it all
1: Can I tell you right now um, Who you should really thank Is the staff at Side One Dummy Not me You can thank me me for uh, Hey man Thanks for hiring those rad people And trusting them But I will give 100% credit Our company is, is, is Totally driven by the people that work there Hell yeah and they're all, they. I, I love how much they love music. Like, I'm going to fest with them because they're like, you have to go with us, and if you don't, we're, we're kidnapping you and
0: taking you there. So, Well, cool. Well, that's a great stop. Dude, that right? was a Shaking hands. Yes, sir. Boom. Bam. All, all right, Joe Sib, uh, We did it. Let's go do stuff. All right, Joe. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for chatting with me. And uh, thanks for the coffee. Uh, it was a fantastic time. Fun chat. Uh, I heard your set at Comedy Works went really, really well. My at Ratio Beer Works, on the other hand, well, I played the cric- a room full of crickets. Uh, a couple chuckles here and there, but uh, I definitely need to work on my craft. But hopefully one day, thanks to the advice and chatting with you and uh hopefully maybe one day who knows a couple years maybe i'll be opening for you joe um so please visit joesib.com. find out when he is performing again uh hopefully you caught him at the fest if you were there really damn good guy i can't wait to chat with him again we talked for about an hour and a half and i think we could probably talk for about three or four more hours if given the opportunity uh but huge shout out to jamie coletta over at uh, side one dummy for thinking of me and setting this up um it was a fantastic time and really jamie you know jamie sets up a ton of interviews with me through side one dummy and they're always memorable wonderful experiences and I, i'm very lucky man that she likes and appreciates what i'm doing over here at Mostly of podcast i really could not do a lot of what i've done without her love and support so thank you jamie thanks for everything and uh thanks you Thanks you, <laughs> thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Uh, we're trying to get this show back on a weekly basis. It's a little hard because I'm working forty hours a week. I'm doing the comedy shows and uh, live shows and everything else. But I, I think I think we're gonna get back on track and do one a week. I'm also thinking of changing the name. I'm about to start a a new website in my very limited time called Participation Points. About uh, the idea is going to be that. I'm just a dumb schmuck who picked up the microphone and does this. You can be a smarter schmuck than I am, and do the very same thing. And it'd be a website and podcast talking to tattoo artists, comic book people, comedians, band people, record label people, magazine people talking about how to get above the couch, how to make things happen, how to follow your dreams. I'm really thinking about changing the name of most harmless to participation points, which is going to be the name of that new program and uh, website. So let me know what you think, most of harmlesspodcast dot com uh mostly pot at gmail dot com if you want to shoot me an email. And then also like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Uh we're on Stitcher, tune in and all that good stuff. So I've rambled long enough. You've heard my voice and Joe's voice way too long. But let's listen for just another two and a half minutes, friends, as we're gonna play my favorite song uh that Joe Sib has been a part of. It's also one of the coolest videos I've ever watched, uh you should definitely check it out. Um and and if you haven't listened to thirteen unlucky numbers from wax please check it out you can usually unfortunately you can find it fairly cheap in ucd bins uh, but it really is an unsung record from the late 90s punk rock scene uh, of course we're talking about the song wax from southern <laughs> we're talking about the track southern california from the band wax buddy all right buddies we'll see you in the Pony pages you take care now